And hi again, everybody. Grant Napier here on Listen Up. Hope you are having a very good day. We have a open forum Wednesday, which means you can talk about anything going on, not just sports. Although we do talk primarily sports here on Listen Up. But if you want to go in a different direction, uh, I am just good with that. A lot of NBA games tonight, including Sacramento, wrapping up their four-game road trip against an awful Timberwolves team that's lost eight of nine. Uh, NFL resumes tomorrow with the Thursday night game, and it is New England at Atlanta. And then we'll get into uh, the weekend's games as well. Speaking of games, how about last night? Did you see what the Golden State Warriors did in Brooklyn against the Nets? And I love that. And listen, I'm not a fan of the Warriors, but I'm a fan of how they play. And how can you not be a fan of Steph Curry? I mean, the guy is a consummate professional on the court and off the court. Like, if I'm a parent, I am a parent. But, I mean, if I had a son or a daughter and they wanted to have a Steph Curry jersey, yeah, you're darn right I'm going out and getting them that. I mean, he, he, he you know, we talk so much about role models and we talk so much about who you should look up to. And, I mean, Steph Curry would be a guy that I would have no problem having my son or daughter uh, look up to. You know, I was so blessed. You know, my oldest son grew up idolizing Derek Jeter, and I was thinking, gosh, I mean, that that's about as good as it can get. And I, I look at Steph Curry uh, the exact same way. He's a tremendous, tremendous talent. But, boy, is he really uh, top shelf uh, off the court as well. How about the Nets fans at the end of the game last night chanting MVP, MVP for Curry? When's the last time you saw that? Seriously, when is the last time you saw a visiting player getting chance like that? The New York crowd loving what they saw. 37 points uh, poured in last night uh, for Curry. And I love seeing Brooklyn lose. I'm so, you know, you have the self-absorbed Kyrie Irving. You have James Harden, who absolutely could not have acted more unprofessional than last December when he blew off training camp, was acting just terribly, uh, forced his way out of Houston. And I have no respect for the guy. Absolutely not. You know, when you have a contract of that magnitude and you act that unprofessionally, uh, no, I'm sorry. I don't I don't forget that. I, I don't forget that. So I, I'm always happy. When I see the Nets lose, I'm not a fan of Kyrie Irving and I've lost all respect for James Harden with the way he handled himself last year in his departure from Houston. You know, I look at Steph Curry and to me, Steph is what's right about pro sports. Steph is what's right about the uh, NBA. Speaking of the NBA and Steph Curry, can you imagine the Warriors when they get healthy? Think about that for a minute, right? I mean, they already look unbeatable. For the most part, think about what their depth chart will look like when Clay Thompson is back. And let's just say that Clay's not 100%, but he is 85 or 90%. What about when you get James Weissman back, right? I'm just telling you, this team looks like uh, you don't want to mess with them. Now, I can't predict injuries in the springtime, but when I'm looking at the standings in the NBA, 
and I look at what the Warriors have done, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. They check in at 12-2, and two, best record in the NBA. And then look at Washington. Washington's a great example how you can take a player like a Russell Westbrook, move him, and then turn around your whole team. Washington's 10-3. and three, Chicago is 10-4. and four. And then you look at Milwaukee. Do you know that Milwaukee right now is 11th in the East? 11th. They are 6-8. and eight. Think about that for a minute. The Milwaukee Bucks are 6-8. and eight. You got Miami in fourth place at 9-5. and five. Cleveland, New York, Charlotte, and Philly. How about that? But you look at Washington, they've done a tremendous job. Warriors, 12-2. and two. Phoenix, 10-3. and three. Dallas in third, Utah in fourth, followed by the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Lakers, and the Grizzlies. Portland is ninth, and Sacramento is currently 10th at 6-8. and eight. And again, the Kings are playing a horrible team tonight in Minnesota. No excuse to lose to this team. This game shouldn't even be close. It really shouldn't. This game should not even be close tonight. The Kings should win this game going away. But I know we're talking about the Kings, and you never know what you're going to get. But I, I, I will just say this, and I was surprised that the Kings lost to San Antonio. But I will be very surprised, very surprised, if the Kings lose tonight to the Timberwolves because they stink. I mean, they're horrible. All right, you know the routine. If you want to get in on the program, you can raise your hand icon. Just raise your hand icon. Hit that hand icon. I'll put you up on stage with me. And you can ask me a question, all right? So you can talk to me about anything going on in the world, not only sports. This is an open forum Wednesday. Bring it. You can talk about anything else that you want uh, going on uh, in life. And, uh, you know, speaking about life, I have a show that I do uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays with Sean Salisbury, you know, former quarterback at USC, NFL, ESPN. And uh, Sean and I get into some phenomenal conversations about life. As a matter of fact, Next Friday on my podcast, the day after Thanksgiving, uh, I'm going to have Sean share with you some incredible stories. That's what I love about Sean. He's not just a guy that talks. He lets his actions speak for himself. You know, talk is cheap if you don't back it up. You know, talk is cheap. I'm all about actions. You can talk all you want, but if you don't back it up with actions – what good is it? That's why players, they get in trouble repeatedly and they keep on coming out and saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Now stop with the sorry. Stop with it already. Show me. Don't tell me. Show me. And Sean Salisbury, he actually does both. He tells you and then he shows you. I have the utmost respect uh, for him. Speaking of Sean, tomorrow uh, we will be on No Filter Network uh, coming your way at 5 o'clock Eastern and 2 o'clock Pacific. You should check it out. I'm telling you, it is really a good show. We stream it live. You can join us. You can actually come on the stream and join us and ask questions. Uh, It's a really neat, neat platform that Eric Burns and a few others uh, started in the past year. And I've enjoyed it, you know, just as much as I enjoy this. You know, I love coming on here and talking with you all and, you know, taking questions and, 
we can get in and, and, and I love the fact that it's live and you can join me every day. And uh, I really like this f format here uh, on listen app. I kind of feel like I'm right back on the radio doing uh, my show again. So uh, I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. If you want to uh, get in on the program today, as I said, uh, hit your hand icon, raise your hand and I will get you right on. Would you see the NFL and all the COVID cases going on right now, not only in the National Football League, but, you know, COVID is once again on an uptick uh, here in this country. And the uh, NFL is putting new protocols in place for the Thanksgiving holiday. They are, they are not messing around. All right. So they're going to have mandatory testing for all players and staff the Monday and Wednesday after the holiday weekend and mandatory mask wearing for all players and staff while inside club facilities from November 25th through December 1st. How about that? You know what else they're doing? Effective November 29th. All teams have to have video cameras in their weight rooms, cafeterias, cafeterias, uh, practice bubbles, uh, everywhere. And they've got to retain video from those cameras for 30 days. How about that? I guess the chief medical officer of the National Football League, I think his name was Dr. Sills, I believe, said that 81 players and staff tested positive for COVID during the testing period from October 31st to November 13th, which, by the way, was the highest caseload for the season. So, you know, the NFL is going, uh-oh, they want to get their season in like they did last year, and they're seeing all these COVID cases going up. And so they are going to put new protocols in place uh, to try to uh, stem the tide here. And as we look at this, and we look at some of the numbers going up around the country, I wonder what that means. You know, last night, the National Hockey League had a game postponed involving the Devils. And, you know, the NBA, thus far, knock on wood, has avoided that. But if, and again, I say if, these numbers continue to increase, are we going, uh-oh, here we go again? Seriously, is that what we're dealing with? You know, again, in the, the, the National Hockey League last night, no game. All right, here's some other news. How about Henry Ruggs? I wasn't even aware of this. Do you know that Henry Ruggs is on a sentence currently of home confinement, right? It's called house arrest. And he has to self-test. Well, I take that back. Well, yeah, he does. He has to test for alcohol four times a day. How about that? I didn't realize this. But if he does not comply with his release restrictions... He could face rearrest and could have to go to jail. So here's the deal. 
He's under home confinement with electronic monitoring, and he has to do alcohol checks four times a day. Technology is just unbelievable to me. So I guess he has to respond to a telephone or a text signal by blowing into a device that checks his blood alcohol content. Now, why am I saying this? Because a Vegas judge ordered Ruggs, all right, back in court because he missed one of their required alcohol tests, which I don't know how you, I mean, I'm not really sure how you would miss that. I mean, you're, you're at, you're at home arrest. What the hell are you doing? I mean, even if you're sleeping, I, I would think that you would get up for that. But, you know, what do I know? Said that Ruggs missed a test on Saturday at 4.41 p.m. I don't know. He's not going to be seeing uh, daylight for a long time. I don't think so. I really don't. And nor should he. I said this when it happened, and I'll say it again. He murdered somebody. That's how I look at it. You know, you can call it manslaughter. You can call it whatever you want. They, the official charge is DUI causing death. Uh, I call it manslaughter. That's what I call it. If you're going 156 miles an hour and you crash into the back of a vehicle and that person burns to death with her dog in the car, no, that that's manslaughter. That's me. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's just, uh, wow. Uh, that's as bad as it gets. Just awful. The loss of an innocent life and the way she died. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Awful. Just awful. All right. We got a uh, open forum Wednesday. Hit your hand icon. Raise your hand. And we'll be happy to get you right on if you want to talk about the NFL. You want to talk NBA. You want to talk some college football. Hey, I'm here to do that. Or if you want to talk about something else uh, that is going on outside of the world of sports. I'm okay doing that as well. It looks like Brandon Belt is staying with the Giants. He accepts an offer of $18.4 million. There was a concern that he would be elsewhere, but he accepted a qualifying offer rather than move on as a free agent. All right? So that's one player. Now, we know Freddie Freeman of the world champion Braves turned down an offer as did Carlos Correa. Uh, From what we understand, others include Robbie Ray of the Dodgers, Justin Verlander, uh, Marcus Simeon of the Blue Jays, Nick Castellanos, uh, Trevor Story, Corey Seager, Chris Taylor, Michael Conforto. And then after the deadline, Verlander agreed to a one-year $25 million deal that includes an option for a second season. I wonder when you look at this, what this means for Carlos Correa, right? When you look at Correa, where's he going to end up? Where's Carlos Correa going to be playing baseball next year? But he is a dandy of a talent, big time talent. All right, let's get to Joe. Joe, you're on listen up with Grant Napier. How are you, Joe? Hey, I'm doing great, Grant. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, Grant, I got a question. How 
I know you were released from KHDK Bonneville, but how did that parallel calling the games for the Kings? Uh, can you be more specific with your question? Like, how are you released from calling the games with the Kings? If I, re- you were I, I, I resigned from the Kings. They were. I had oh, two. I, com- I had two completely separate jobs, two separate contracts, two completely different employers, and uh, one had nothing to do with the other. Even though, you know, you might think they did. One one had nothing to do with the other. They were completely separate and independent of one another. And so, what made you decide to quit the Kings? Was it because of? I, I can't the- talk about. I can't talk about that. Okay, gotcha. All right, hey, Grant, thanks for taking my call. Hey, thank you, Joe. You have a great rest of the day. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, If you want to ask me a question, and by the way, if I can't answer a question just like I couldn't answer with Joe, I'll tell you. Other than that, I will always answer a question unless I can't. All right? And so I have to be very careful of what I can and cannot talk about uh, as it relates to my past employment. I will just say this, um, my lawsuit has nothing to do with the Sacramento Kings. It has everything to do with Bonneville International and my 26 years on the radio in Sacramento, all right? And again, my job with KHDK had nothing at all to do with the Kings. I didn't need to be approved by the Kings to do my radio show in Sacramento. Uh, KHDK did not need the Kings to sign off on me, me being hired, uh, as a talk show host and vice versa. So they had nothing to do with one another. I know sometimes people don't quite understand that, but I'm just pointing that out. I had two separate contracts with two separate companies, uh, no language in either contract about my other job. All right. So I hope I could answer that uh, as well as I did. And if you want to ask me uh, about my lawsuit and why I'm suing Bonneville International, I'm happy to answer uh, any of those questions. Today's an open forum. You can ask me uh, whatever you want. And if, for whatever reason, I can't answer the question, I will just tell you I can't answer the question. But most of the time, most of the time, I will be able to uh, answer Uh, the question. So hit your hand icon and I'll put you uh, right on. I guess Aaron Rodgers did not practice today. He has got a toe issue and he does plan to play against Minnesota. But again, he did not play uh, today. All right. Rodgers said, I'm not sure what my status will be tomorrow or Friday. But I'd like to get out there if I'm feeling good enough. But it's definitely a better week than last week being separated during my COVID-19 issue, being able to go through all the meetings. I plan on being at practice on the field tomorrow. Not sure how much involvement I'll do, though. He said it will not keep him out of the game Sunday. You might say, well, gee, it's just a toe. Anybody that's had a toe injury, man, you know. Um, and let's face it, Rodgers needs practice. I mean, if you saw the game, against Seattle on Sunday, that was a rusty offense. Make no mistake about it. That was a very rusty-looking offense. So they need practice. They need practice. You know, they're trying to solidify home field advantage. Uh, They can't be losing to Minnesota. That's for darn sure. They cannot be losing 
to the Minnesota Vikings. So if you want to ask me a question, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will get you right on. A couple of other things. Uh, the Jets say they're going to start Joe Flacco this Sunday in New York against the Miami Dolphins. So they're not going to go with Mike White. They're going to go with Joe Flacco as Zach Wilson uh, is still not ready. By the way, I don't care who's vaccinated and who's not in the NFL, but Joe Flacco uh, did say that he's not vaccinated. Doesn't seem like anybody has a problem with that. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't care. I really don't. I, I, it does not matter to me. I, it does not matter to me. But, you know, Flacco's been in the league a long time, 14 years, and he's going to get an opportunity with Mike White being the backup on Sunday. Uh, again, Zach Wilson is going to be inactive for the fourth straight game. All right? I guess uh, Coach Sala said that Mike White expressed, quote, a lot of disappointment I'm being told that he's the backup this week. So welcome to the National Football League. Welcome to the National Football League. I guess uh, on Monday, reports were that Salah was leaning towards Mike White. But he said this, I quote, I want to be very, very clear on this one. My comments on Monday were because people wanted him out of New York. What Mike has done in three weeks as a starter has proven to this organization and, in my opinion, to the entire New York fan base that he's a capable quarterback who can play in this league. And then he added, his story is not done being written. He has solidified, in my opinion, his stay here as a Jet. Well, then why are you playing Joe Flacco? Right? By the way, on the... COVID-19, Flacco said, listen, I definitely have my reasons. Honestly, I'd probably like to talk about this topic more than anybody. It's one of those one of those things that you can debate all the time. But overall, I feel like it's more of a distraction than anything. So I feel like if you talk about it too much and give you all my beliefs, it's more of a distraction than anything. I think the most important thing is going to play a football game. You know, the Dolphins played well last time out. Uh, so we'll see if they can you know, keep it going, but they're going to have to win pretty much all their games uh, if they're going to be uh, in the playoffs. So, you know, that's your NFL uh, little look again tomorrow. You have New England at Miami, and I think that's going to be a very difficult game for New England because short week, young quarterback, first time playing with only three days to prepare. This is not going to be an easy game. Not going to be an easy game. Something else I wanted to get into. And it has to do with Serena Williams. Uh, she said that she is still haunted by her experience at Indian Wells 20 years ago. All right. And she is returning to this California, or I guess she returned to this event, I guess, what was it, six years ago in 2015, because she was boycotting it. And she said this, even when I went back 14 years later, it was very traumatizing. Talk about post-traumatic stress and mental anxiety. I remember sitting in the bathroom thinking, wait, I'm not going to go back. I just don't think I should do this. What if they start booing again? It was really 
hard for me. So I don't recall the details of 2021, but her father said he was the target of several racial slurs throughout the match. Serena said, quote, it was so hard. I'll never forget driving back. And my sister was there, and I remember just getting in the car, and I was just bawling. I was at the gas station. There was no celebration, and I was just crying and crying and crying. So, yeah, I I don't remember the details, but I'm going to say this about Serena. I think she's the greatest female tennis player of all time. All right? Like, I think she's the greatest female tennis player of all time. But she didn't seem to be bothered by the referees that she traumatized during her career with their completely unprofessional outbursts and complete dressing down of lines people and umpires and her temper tantrums, particularly at the U.S. Open. That didn't seem to bother her talking about being traumatized. Now, again, I don't know the specifics of 2001, you know, so I'm not going to speak for Serena Williams, especially if there were racial overtones to what was going on back there. So I'm, I'm, I'm not getting on Serena for anything to do with Indian Wells. But what I am saying is if you're traumatized, you know, I wonder the chair umpires and the lines people that at they, where you have gone way above and beyond to ridicule and embarrass them. And I wonder if they're traumatized. Seriously, I really mean that. So, you know, sometimes these type of things bother me. And again, maybe it's not a great example to use because I don't recall the specifics of 20 years ago at Indian Wells. Yeah, I can't speak to that. But when she says that she was traumatized, you know, again, I wonder what some of the chair umpires and lines people, if they've been traumatized based on the way Serena Williams handled herself with some of her unbelievably despicable temper tantrums, uh, particularly in New York. Those are the ones that I particularly uh, remember. All right, if you want to get on the uh, program today, all you got to do is hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. Tomorrow, I'm back with you at 3 o'clock Pacific. Uh, We'll get into a little bit of that game with New England and Atlanta. Uh, NBA tonight, a very busy schedule. You got Washington and Charlotte, Detroit host Indiana, Boston, Atlanta, Cleveland, Brooklyn, New Orleans, Miami, Orlando, New York. Lakers are in Milwaukee. I told you about the Kings and T-Wolves. Houston is at Oklahoma City. Dallas, with no Luka Doncic, is at the red-hot Phoenix Suns. And Chicago uh, is in Portland taking on the Blazers. And I'm telling you, look at Chicago. Look at that team. They're second in the Eastern Conference, right? And they have now won, you know, a couple games in a row on this trip. Taking on a, a Portland team that is trying to get to 500 currently at seven and eight. So this is going to be an interesting game tonight. You know, the Bulls are 10 and four. They're playing excellent defense. They allow allow less than 103 points a game. And on this road trip, you know, what they've been able to do, uh, they're, they're a good team. They're for real. They're for real. You know, they beat the Clippers. 
100 to 90. Then they ran all over the Lakers, beat them 121 to 103. They lost to the Warriors, and the Warriors blew them out. But who, you know, don't the Warriors blow everyone out? But that Bulls team's good. They are very good. Very good indeed. Keep an eye on that team. They are very, very good. So that's going to be an interesting game tonight uh, with Portland uh, hosting uh, Chicago. Portland, again, is a game under 500. Again, the Kings play in Minnesota. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves have lost eight of nine. Uh, they're a bad team. From what I hear, they got a lot of issues going on off the court. Of course, Carl Anthony Towns, if you believe what you read, doesn't want to be there. You know, it looks like you have another uh, star player that is unhappy with where they're at. And generally speaking, in the NBA, when you're a star and you're unhappy with where you're at, you won't be there much longer. Exhibit A, Anthony Davis. Exhibit B, James Harden. Both great players. Both didn't want to be in their respective cities. And both are no longer there. And again, there are many, many more examples. Uh, Those are just a few of them. All right? Just a few of them. So tomorrow we'll talk about that Thursday night matchup with New England and the very talented Mac Jones, who without question has had the best rookie season of all the young quarterbacks. The Patriots trying to get into the postseason. Looks like I still think, you know, even though they played twice, they still have two games left with the Buffalo Bills. But when I look at the Bills, I just don't see them not winning that division. You know, to me, they are the class. Now, you know, they're only one game up on a loss column over New England at six and three. New England is six and four. So, you know, you think about Buffalo, a couple of bad losses, the worst loss against Jacksonville. And you look at the AFC, Tennessee is in the driver's seat for home field at eight and two. I thought Buffalo would be that team, but a couple bad, you know, that week one loss to Pittsburgh, they lost in overtime to Tennessee, and then, you know, losing to Jacksonville. I mean, good Lord. Like, how does that happen? That's the National Football League. But I'm looking at New England, and they still have two games left with the Buffalo Bills. And it's ridiculous scheduling. They play them twice in a span of three weeks, which is just asinine. So they got the Falcons on a short week. Then they have the Titans at home. That's going to be a very difficult game. Then they're at the Bills. Then they're at the Colts. Then home against the Bills. I'm telling you, if you're looking at this from a Patriots perspective, this game tomorrow is gigantic. Because I could easily see them losing at home to the Titans, to Buffalo, at Indianapolis, home against Buffalo. I mean, their schedule is very difficult. This game tomorrow against the Atlanta Falcons is huge, absolutely huge for the New England Patriots. Because if they lose this, they could easily be looking at a three-game losing streak, home Tennessee and at Buffalo. And then they're on the road against Indy and home again against Buffalo. They do have the Jaguars on January 2nd, and then they're at Miami to end the season on the 9th. This is a big, big game. A big game tomorrow for both these teams. Not only New England, it's a big game for the Atlanta Falcons who are in the thick of things in the playoff race 
in the NFC. So this is a big game tomorrow for both these teams. But I'm looking at the schedule for New England. It, uh, they could be in deep trouble if they don't win this game. The Falcons, meanwhile, even though they're four and five, they're right in the mix. You know, you look at Green Bay, Arizona, Dallas, and Tampa. The Rams are seven and three, but after the Rams, New Orleans is five and four. Carolina is five and five. Minnesota's four and five. San Francisco's four and five. Atlanta's four and five. This is a big game tomorrow for both these teams, Atlanta and the Patriots. So we'll preview that game coming up on uh, tomorrow's show. We'll recap tonight's Kings-Timberwolves game. Uh, anything else that is going on, we'll do that tomorrow. Uh, coming your way right here on Listen App, 6 o'clock Eastern and 3 o'clock Pacific. Then we'll come at you on Friday. I've got an event on Friday night that I have to be at, so Friday will only be a 30-minute show. So line up for Friday. I want your upset of the week. I want your uh, your your lock of the week. And, again, we got to get in and out on Friday because I've got an event that I have to go to uh, on Friday evening. So Friday will be on from 3 to 3.30 Pacific time, and then i got to wrap it up, all right, just to let you know. So get your upset of the week ready. I want your lock of the week, and we'll do that on Friday. Tomorrow we'll go uh, NFL preview in New England Atlanta. We'll talk about uh, some of these NBA games and anything else that is going on uh, in the world of sports. So that's going to do it for today. I really appreciate you joining me here on Listen App. Uh, give me some phone calls tomorrow. Let's have some fun. And again, that's at 6 o'clock Eastern and 3 o'clock Pacific. Hey, make it a great rest of the day. And thank you so much for being right here with Grant Napier on Listen